0: This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio.
1: Well, I'm here. It's Friday. So it has to be about energy. It has to be about green energy and oil. And I'm subjecting Jason to this because I think it's a really important issue that's playing out in the election in the U.S. It's also playing out in a big, big way in Europe as well. So we want to bring in a special expert. He's been in this industry for decades. He knows everything about anything when it comes to energy. That's Dan Jurgen. He's vice chairman of IHS Market. Um, Dan, you have a new book out uh, called The New Map energy climate and the clash of nations it's always good to talk to you by the way and i wondered if you could just let me know how why'd you write the book like what was your impetus what were you thinking um you talk to ceos you give presentations you're all involved with opec like why'd you write it
0: Alex, what the, the basic reason is that the world had really changed dramatically from even a decade ago, whether it's in terms of the U.S. being the world's largest oil producer, whether it's the Paris Agreement, whether it's the disruption in U.S.-Chinese relations, and we needed, and I saw this is a, a new terrain, a rough terrain, and we needed a map through it, and that's why I set out to write the map and try and make sense of where it's all going.
2: A new map, uh, Dan, and it's really nice to connect with you, so delighted you're here with us, is... It's hard to, to create it in many ways. I think any cartographer would, would tell you that. And certainly, I mean, this is three-dimensional in, in many ways. So how do you even set about doing this?
0: Well, I did it. I organized it. Well, first of all, I wanted to make it a narrative. I wanted to make it very accessible to people, and I wanted to have good stories in it. At the same time, I really wanted it to be a framework. And so I organized it around America's map to changes, China and Russia's, the Middle East, and then what I called roadmap to the future and climate map. And so those are the the maps within it. And of course, the term maps by this point is is a metaphor for the the changes and, and how the world is changing and things that just people wouldn't have expected and where they might be going.
1: Yeah, and Dan, um, I was in touch with you while you were writing the book, and of course, you're almost done. And then all of a sudden COVID happened. <laughs> and then you had to go back and sort of tweak everything to incorporate that as well. And I'm wondering how we talk a lot about how the COVID pandemic reflects somewhat climate change in terms of putting more stress on the poor, showing the vulnerabilities um, of governments and lack of health care, et cetera. What did you learn in your research that showed you how these countries handle COVID and then how they can handle climate change?
0: Well, I think that... Um I did go, obviously, went back and integrated because this is, you know, it's it's more than a huge story. It's a cataclysm, really, what's happened. One chapter I called The Plague to describe, you know, that takes us up to actually mid-July when they finally took the book away from me. But um, I think I'll tell you one thing that really hits me. One of the themes of the book is uh, how the U.S. and China are are pulling apart and is going from being, you know, uh, uh, interdependent to what's now the term people use, strategic rivals. And you saw it in terms of COVID and, you know, saw it in terms of climate. But in terms of COVID, this was one occasion when you really needed international collaboration and working together. And instead, we got acrimony and lack of flow of information. And, and people all over the world have paid a cost for that.
1: And that's such a good point because it's very similar with climate in a a, um, a President Trump presidency. I mean, China has agreed to some kind of emission standards, net neutrality by 2060. It's still really vague, but the country is committed to it in a way that the U.S. has not. What does that mean for uh, Saudi Arabia? What does that mean for Russia? What does it mean for the frackers in the U.S.?
0: Well, I think it I means, obviously, China, as you say, it's, it's vague. China has half the world's solar and half the world's wind, but it's still adding three coal-fired plants a month. So in 2060, it's Pretty far away. Uh, But I think for, uh, but you know, even while there's great divergence, and we heard it at the end of the debate the other night, uh, that incredible debate. I guess it was a debate. uh, Hmm. But uh, in fact, the change is happening anyway. You know, you look at the electric uh, power industry in the United States, it's moving towards being uh, lower carbon and, you know, across it, and you more wind and solar, greater efficiency and so forth. Natural gas replacing coal, which has been the biggest contribution to reducing our emissions, so that 's happening for Russia and Saudi Arabia uh, you know Putin just he, just last week said you know it 's great uh, oil is only thirty percent of our budget now well the reason it 's thirty percent is they're selling less oil, and the price is down, but nevertheless, Russia has had problems for twenty years of trying to 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 reform its economy to make it more diversified and it 's just You know, really not done it. And Saudi Arabia has a policy of saying, well, we've really got to diversify, not only because of what's happening with climate in Paris and so forth, but because. Seventy percent of the population is under the age of 30 and they need going to need jobs. And but they find out it is hard to diversify an economy that is so heavily dependent upon oil even before COVID. And one of the things you discover is you need oil revenues in order to diversify away from oil. So I think I think both of those countries, uh, you know, it's both what's happening on climate in Paris. And it's also this weak oil market that is a result of the persistence of the of the virus.
2: And Dan, what do you make of that jobs question? because I feel like we we hear so much from those who talk about sort of a new green economy and a green new deal and and all those sorts of things that there is the potential to unlock this whole new economy and ecosystem, especially when it comes to jobs, if there is more investment uh, in alternative energy. What have you discovered as as you've thought about that? Well,
0: Well, the question is who's going to make the investment. Mm. Uh, It's happening. I mean, wind and solar, you know, there's a solar revolution. There's a shale revolution. There's a solar revolution. Costs of solar have come down tremendously in considerable part because of Chinese manufacturing scale. But those costs have come down. Wind has come down. Uh, And there are obviously jobs there. There are also you know, over before COVID, there were over 12 million jobs in the oil and gas industry. So there's a kind of balancing between the two of them. I think the challenge about we hear about, you know, green stimulus. Uh, Joe Biden has a, you know, a $2 trillion climate plan. I think there is. But listening just to, you know, just before I came on to the condition of the economy and uh, the need for recovery and particularly small business uh, and just the w- economic wounds. I think that's going to take a lot of government focus for the next couple of years. So there's clearly going to be a step up. If Joe Biden's president, there'll be more money going into renewables. There'll be more money supporting electric car sales and charging to things and things. Mm-hmm. But I think also we're still going to need to kind of really, really heal the wounds yeah. of this uh, protracted uh, crisis from the COVID.
2: Dan, I am going to ask you. I'd feel like we'd be um, we'd be silly if we didn't ask you. You know, the energy markets—they reacted obviously to news from from the president today. A reminder that politics and energy and global markets—they're all intertwined, right?
0: They've become more intertwined than ever, and the oil market is a register of what's happening in the economy, of course, but also politics and uh, this question of what happens with the virus. And uh, the resurgence of the virus is weighing heavily on on the oil market because it means uh, things shut down, less demand. So all those things are uh, bound up in the price of oil right now. By the way, just one thing interesting to mention, you know, uh, a long time ago, President Wilson, when he was at the Versailles Treaty, uh, negotiating the treaty after World War I Every, you know, they said he had a stroke It turns out that he actually had the Spanish flu So we've oh. had another president who had once been incapacitated Well, we don't know that this president is incapacitated But uh, it really affected the, I think, the outcome of the First World War Because Wilson was kind of out of commission
1: Oh, that's really interesting uh, I didn't know that Um it, it also is interesting in terms of uh, the balance of power that shifts. Um, if you relate kind of the demand for COVID for who's in power, control, and something that President Trump has done has been a huge champion of energy independence here in the U.S. Um, in some ways, very much helped gro- broker the deal that OPEC Plus wound up doing, kind of taking Saudis to the table and say, "Look, guys, you got to cut production. You got to get this done." Um, how does that geopolitical dynamic shift when we start talking about things like solar? and wind instead of oil.
0: Well, you know, the big winner uh, actually in some ways is China because China, uh, first of all, unlike the United States, which is now essentially self-sufficient, China imports 75% of its oil and they regard that as a really big problem. So if there's a big shift, they import less oil. The other thing is that they're very well positioned in the supply chains for what they call new energies. 70% of solar panels come from China uh, to the entire world. Uh, the lithium-ion battery supply chain rare earth. And this is where, uh, where, as we were saying, things come together. This is where geopolitics and energy transition come together because the question of the supply chains and the scale of the new materials that will be needed uh, will kind of focus on a different, degree, different view of dependence, not about oil, but about the elements of, uh, of uh, for a renewable, more renewable energy economy.
2: Absolutely. So what's the next big sort of leg of this new energy? Uh, Where's the uncharted territory, as it were, to sort of use the metaphor uh, of your book? What should we be looking at next?
0: Well, I think on the technology side, it's, you know, will there be breakthroughs, big breakthroughs on big batteries? Will there be breakthroughs on, uh, on carbon capture? Uh, will there be breakthroughs on hydrogen? So that's on, on that side. I think actually where the U.S.-China relationship goes will be very important for uh, the future of energy. So those are a couple of things that I w- would watch. And then what kind of recovery, economic recovery do we actually have coming out of uh, this COVID crisis, which is now clearly more extended uh, Than you know, people would have thought when they left their offices on March fifteenth and thought they'd be back in a week.
2: Right. Right. Absolutely. No. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. I remember those days?
2: Yeah. The yeah. world, uh, it is fundamentally changed. That is for sure. And, and,
0: and, and if I can say one other thing, sure. it's digital, digitalization. Yes. Seven years of digitalization has been compressed into seven months. The nature of work will change. And as insofar as work becomes remote and at home, one thing I think we all notice is the boundaries between work, life-work balance. Uh, the, those boundaries get a, a lot uh, less clear when you're in a digital world.
2: Absolutely. That is true. Dan Jurgen, you're such a gentleman. Thank you for spending some time with us this afternoon on a very, very busy day. We know congratulations on your book. It's called The New Map, Energy, Climate, and the Clash of Nations.